the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Coming to you live from the fabulous hair of Dylan (laughs) O'Brien. It's Weird the Worldview Media Podcast. <laughs> my name is Gordon Runyon. Standing, sitting at my... <laughs> sitting at my 9 o'clock is my youngest daughter, Reagan. Say hello. Hello. Sitting at my 10.30 is <laughs> middle daughter, Jordan. Hello. Sitting at... 247 is my wife Joyce. <laughs> Hello. And sitting at roughly four <laughs> is Carmen. Hi. Uh, burr, burr, burr. Uh, every time. <laughs> That's all I got. We only bring her for the air horn. Yeah, we don't have sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> we have no budget, nope. actually. All right, so we are talking about the fabulous movie, American <laughs> Assassin. Fabulous. <laughs> so fab. Starring Dylan O'Brien and Michael Keaton. Yes, that's it. Just those two. And another couple few characters also. Okay. Okay, <sighs> so in this movie, Dylan O'Brien plays the part of a, a man... Dude? who kind of almost has a classic Batman sort of superhero backstory. Yeah. In that on the day he gets engaged to his lovely uh, bride-to-be, she's murdered on a beach in the middle of a terrorist attack. Yeah. And he goes on a quest then to get revenge. (laughs) Kind of uh, outlaw Jesse James... Sure. Sort of thing. Uh, outlaw Josie Wales. The oh, Punisher. yeah. The Punisher. The Punisher. Batman. Batman. Not the Defenders. Mm-hmm. A, little, a little more Punisher. So that's his deal, and he trains. He trains incessantly, and he's training all on his own, and he's determined to find the people responsible. Monsieur. And Is kill them. Name? I don't know. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> And anyway, along the way, when he gets close to the terror cell, the American CIA decides that, hey, this guy kind of knows what he's doing, maybe. We should make him work for us. Yeah. So they basically kidnap him and give him very little option, and he is now working for the CIA. CIA. And... Sia. 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 <laughs> He's working for Sia. <laughs> He's working for Sia. Ooh, she sings okay. Backup singer. <laughs> Backup dancer. <laughs> He's swinging from chandeliers. <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, let's see, they train him at a secret cabin location. Yep. Trained as an assassin. Yeah. He basically becomes part of an international hit squad run by the CIA. Yeah. High, high profile. And it turns out that somebody else who had been trained just like him 
is really the bad guy of the movie. He's gone rogue. Yeah, gone cool. rogue. Now, he wants his revenge, but he wants it against the United States. Right. And Michael well, Keaton. Yeah. And the Michael Keaton. Right. Hurley. Hurley. Hurley is his name. Who is an Damn. ex-Navy SEAL trainer of assassin guys. Okay. Uh, what are they called? They're like Orion. I think that's their name. What's their code name? Orion, Orion. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. And so hilarity ensues yep. as they chase the bad guys and try to kill them and deal with like a traitor in the group and stuff like that sure and a traitor in the group and that finally the there's a nuclear weapon that's about to kill everybody and they yeah. have to figure out how to deal with that Ooh, it's crazy and when the movie ends uh, well I'll, I'll get to that in just a little while <laughs> so it's time for us to talk about it's time for us to talk about how we liked or didn't like the movie and just what you liked or didn't like about it. So, Reagan? I like this movie, but not only because Dylan O'Brien is a star. I do like it because of that, but I like it because it's, like, pretty action-packed. I don't feel like there's ever really a moment where you're just kind of, like, like, not, like, nothing's happening. Yeah. yeah. And it picks up, and I think um, it's I feel like the storytelling was pretty good in it, and I don't know, it was interesting to watch. I've seen it three times, four times. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I don't feel like that was a very critical review right there. It's honest. <laughs> it's honest, that's probably true. All right, anyone else want to say what you thought about it overall? I was really kind of surprised. Um... It was better probably than I was thinking going into it. Um, but I still did. I had some problems with things, you know, that he's doing all this massive training. And what is he doing to be doing all this training? How is he funding it? Yeah, you know, how is he living and doing whatever he's doing? You don't really have a lot of his backstory as yeah. to, you know, what he's about and what did he do before this and then now there's only this that he's doing or he's consumed by it. So uh, there's some plausibility issues for me, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And Jordan? Uh, I felt like it was fine for the type of movie that it is. It's not, you know, I wouldn't just pick it up and say, ah, yes, this this is the thing for me. But uh, (laughs) it was, yeah, it was better than I sort of, thought it was going to be and it was weird seeing Dylan O'Brien be like an adult in a thing because <laughs> he's always like playing a high schooler or something else. right and so and he was a real man he was like a he was like a man <laughs> it was so weird he's acting his age <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know uh yeah I guess it was better than I expected it to be but I don't need to see it again would you be interested in the series continuing? Would you watch another Assassin? Well, if it was picking right up where it left off, I almost have to, because how, how's the end, the story? Well, that's what I was going to say. It does seem to end in a really clumsy place. Mm. I mean, 
just considering story arcs and character arcs and stuff. And yeah, it's not a tight little conclusion. It just kind of they just kind of stop. Yeah. it's not like it. Nothing comes to resolution, really, right? Do you, well, I think. I mean, the they stopped the one over. bad guy yeah. that they were dealing with, but I mean. Dylan O'Brien's character has got issues. Yeah. Well, who doesn't have issues? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'd still like to see those yeah. worked on or something. It just seemed like it stopped in the middle of a thing. Like, tune in next week as we oh continue this. Like story. MacGyver. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> you tell me if that's like MacGyver. <laughs> You don't watch MacGyver. <laughs> I don't watch MacGyver. Right? I'm like, you got yes, me exactly. on that one. Uh, sure. <laughs> I just agree. I just agree. I just say yes when I'm told. <laughs> Nobody told you. Say yes. uh, Storytelling-wise, I did feel like there was one thing that I liked... I didn't like the end, like I said, but I thought that one thing I liked was that the action scenes, especially the hand-to-hand combat scenes, I yeah. felt like they were more modern and more realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean modern because they incorporated some mixed martial arts stuff, some Brazil- Brazilian... Brazilian. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Brazilian different moves. <laughs> How many There's a Brazilian, Brazilian things to talk about. <laughs> the jiu-jitsu? That's nine zeros with a bra in front of it. <laughs> hey, now. That's a Brazilian. <laughs> wow. Okay, uh, back to what I was saying. <laughs> the fight scenes in cor- incorporate... <laughs> We didn't Some, do our warm-ups today. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> the rain and spain. <laughs> the Brazilian jiu-jitsu was incorporated into the fight scenes. Yeah. And the truth is, I think you'd talk to anybody, they'll acknowledge it's true, is that with the advent of mixed martial arts as a, as a popular sport and actually providing a framework for competition... Uh, the martial arts have advanced more in the last 20 years probably than they have in thousands of years previous. Mm-hmm. I didn't come up with that. I'm just agreeing with that assessment. And I think that's clearly true. And mm-hmm. it was nice to see an action movie kind of start Embrace to that. incorporate it. I mean, it's just it's just fantasy to, you know, the kung fu classics and stuff. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That kind of fighting really doesn't work, and so it's nice to see a. It's nice to see somebody do the right thing with that. Yeah. Anything else overall? Well, I have to say I like Dylan better without the beard. <laughs> he didn't seem quite right when he was all beardy. Yeah. There was one place where the plot swerved a little bit. I thought I saw a certain thing coming. And when it got there, it kind of took a left turn and went in another direction. Mm -hmm. When when Dylan O'Brien's character uncovers the mole in their... Molish. In their unit. Yeah. 
I thought she was just going to be working for the bad guys. Oh, yeah. It turns out she really wasn't. And, and they can still team up and do things. Yeah, yeah that was odd. So I think you could see it coming for a while. Well, at first I thought there was going to be a romantic thing between them. Yeah. Because they were setting it up that way. Yeah. But then it swerved, and suddenly she's the mole. Yeah. And, and they're fighting. Yeah. And, oh, she's a bad guy. Uh, they swerved again. And no, she's not really. Ooh, kept you on your toes, on yeah, the toes. Right. So I like that. Any other overall comments? Uh, I liked the locations that they chose. I think they looked really good on film. Uh, just the way that the whole thing was filmed, I thought it was nice. It wasn't like, like from a technical standpoint, I guess I thought it looked pleasing throughout. Right, right. Good cinematography. Yeah. All right. Anything else before we take our break? Yeah. Well, let's take our break, and we'll be right back, and we'll talk more world viewy issues. <laughs> world view. I think I need an adult beverage. Is what I'm <laughs> All right. We'll see you. Are you interested in Christian education? Would you like to learn how to be a Christian teacher or how to run your very own Christian school with success? The GCS Apprenticeship Program can help. Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom. All right, we're back talking about the action-adventure movie, American Assassin, and we want to talk more about thematic things here. So what were the big ideas that strike you? Revenge. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> need for revenge, yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of that on both sides. Um Oh, from, from the, bad the guy. antagonist and the yeah, protagonist. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's kind of their both of their motives. Um, <coughs> so it makes you kind of think like. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it makes you uh, kind of question. Well, does that really make him a good protagonist if his motive is revenge? Seeing that this can also be the motive for a bad guy that wants to kill everybody. Right, should we be rooting for a guy who's just motivated by mm-hmm. a desire to kill everybody? Right. Hmm. Well, that is kind of, that does go back to the Punisher, but we can't talk about that. So. 
different podcast. Well, we've talked about it before that there are times when somebody who's been offended, they can sweeten, they can, they can have a desire for revenge, and there are times when what they want as the outcome of their desire is pretty close to what the law of God would say. Like if you want to see a murderer be put to death, mm-hmm. well, that's what the law of God says. But there are channels you're supposed to go through, and <laughs> and you can't just go get this revenge yourself. And, uh, and you know, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You're supposed to leave that up to Him. Mm-hmm. So it is right to seek justice, but but the outpouring of your own personal anger and stuff like that is probably inappropriate. Hmm. Most of the time, the wrath of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. And so, uh, it's fun in a movie though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty good. (laughs) But I was thinking about, I was thinking about, you know, the Batman character has that same kind of motivation, but, when the Batman comics first came out, even though he was motivated by revenge, at some point in his growth from childhood to adulthood, he realized that what he really wanted was justice. Mm-hmm. And at least the old original Batman, you know, he becomes a crusader for goodness and righteousness, even though he's supposed to be trying to scare the bad guys with the, <laughs> yeah. with the scary bat costume and stuff. Sure. He's really almost the DC Comics version of Captain America in terms of his code, and he's got kind of an old-fashioned code of honor, and mm. he's not going to kill people that he doesn't absolutely have to kill and stuff like that. He wants to see villains go have to stand trial and go to jail and stuff yeah. like that. Even though they really should be put to death for most of their crimes. He just wants to let the so-called justice system handle it. Yeah. And so old Batman, at least, is really... It was revenge, a, a desire for that that started him along the path to becoming Batman. But when he got there, he had higher ideals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, And I think maybe that's where this character is going in the future. Because I know that they're... Um, that Dylan O'Brien is signed on for like I think five films. Oh really? <laughs> or three maybe? I don't know. It's it's in that range. There are more films that he signed to do. So if they continue the series and do more films, I think that might be where we see his character going. But I don't feel that at the end of this first um, movie we really see that change or that kind of development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't see that. Um, which I guess kind of goes into what you're saying, that it doesn't seem like we have a lot of time to see his character develop very much. Right. From... Well, it could be that they have five movies in mind. Yeah. You know, and that they're going to work on that in some other... Mm -hmm. Possibly. So for me, I think the real issue is, um, yeah, revenge is there and justice is there, but um, the change comes about this because of death and because of loss and because of grief. And so he has really no hope yeah. for for anything. So his only alternative is to have revenge because that's the only thing that he he has as an option to satisfy him. So right. so really the for me it all, it all falls back onto, you know, how do you react? How do you deal with somebody who dies? in such a tragic and senseless way. And so 
uh, without God, what are you left with? You know, you have you have no hope. Right. Any any so-called justice there's going to be, you have to do it yourself or make it with your own hands or whatever. Well, and especially in this situation, because it's a terrorist group, it's a, right. you know, who's going to... Who's the authority yeah, over who's, them? Yeah. yeah. They are their own authority. <clears throat> uh, another worldview issue that was bothering to me, and it, I think it must have been pretty well done, because it didn't start to bother me until later when I was thinking about it. Hmm. But I just kind of slid into this... Okay, I accept that the CIA has an international death squad whose mission is to go out, <laughs> whose mission is to go out and just murder people sure, for the take sake people of out for the safety of all for the well and for the sake of advancing the political agenda of the United States. Yeah. Now I think there that sort of squad does exist, and it probably more of them exist than we know about. You know, we know Obama had a kill list and stuff like that and, mm -hmm. and uh, so I imagine he was not unique in that I think that would be well, stupid don't forget the Clintons yeah they, <laughs> they, have, like, they have a personal family one guys <laughs> right. let's not talk about it <laughs> you might find ourselves in a place we don't necessarily want to be <laughs> right. they'll find that we all shot ourselves in the back of the head and, yeah. <laughs> As you do. Tragic fire. Right. I was going to say the Clintons kill list. They have one, but it's every name has a check mark. But <laughs> it's framed. <laughs> so I believe that probably exists. Well, it's foolish not to think that it does. And, and but how wicked is that? You know. I think we've just been conditioned by this kind of movie and stuff to believe that, hey, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Got to color outside the lines. Right. And and that's kind of a trope. And here we are. We're rooting for a guy who is, he works for a death squad. That's what he does. <laughs> yeah. That's but isn't it? The but hero. yeah, they were all really bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you ever kill anyone? Yeah, but they were all bad. <laughs> And, uh, well, that just makes the government the arbiter of life and death. And, of course, that's what that's what every pagan government has to be or aspires to be. It's another expression of its godhood. It gets to decide who lives and dies. Well, isn't government supposed to do that? But they're supposed to be following the standards of God and not their own. Yeah, well, there's a sense. I mean, the judges. But if that is true, then they wouldn't be deciding on their own. Yeah, and and they're they're not deciding. And it wouldn't based be in secret. Word. No, right. you know the thing. Right. The whole thing with this is, if you get caught or whatever, we're sorry, gonna, yeah, yeah, we're gonna disown you. We have no authority to be here. We don't know who you are. You're a goner. You're right. You're a ghost. Uh. <laughs> they uh. right. They train you. You're expected to kill yourself rather than be captured. Yeah. So, and you know that goes all the way back to like 
I remember watching the old Mission Impossible series back in the what was that the seventies, sixties, seventies? Not the sixties. <laughs> I think it might have been. Do you think Tom Cruise? Is? <laughs> no, not, not the, not the oh, yeah. movies. Uh, it's well. <laughs> they had this old series called Do-do. Mission Impossible, and it was uh, yeah. There you go, and and. It's the one that started the trope where, where every episode the, the leader of the group would get a secret, uh, cassette tape, telling him what his next mission was. Yeah, and always at the end it said, "If you or any member of your team are apprehended, the secretary will disavow any knowledge of." And then it would. This tape will destruct in ten seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so. So you better have a good memory. <laughs> that's been a that's been an idea for a long time that not only not only is it possible that we have these death squads, but it's really pretty, it's a good thing. It's not a necessary evil. It's a positive good. You know that we've got guys going out killing the right people and stuff. Well, I think it's <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> A chew. <laughs> what do people say? Gesundheit. <laughs> oh, you just said a chew. I know because I was like, "What is it?" That's not what they say. <laughs> I know it's weird, but I don't think it's that. You know what would be cool is if you could, if you could say Gesundheit when you sneeze. <laughs> it's just like two birds with one stone, right. kind of thing. You just do it for yourself, and then time. have somebody around you ready to say a chew when you're done. <laughs> Let's just all modify our sneezes. All right, the next person that sneezes in the Runyon house. (laughs) You have to do your best. (laughs) Right, you have to do your best to say gesundheit. Okay. And then anyone standing around will say, oh, a chew. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. (laughs) Anyway, what I was saying was, I think it's interesting to see how that mindset um, played out for this bad guy. Oh, yeah. Because he was in the position of, you're a ghost, you go down out there, you don't exist. Um, And then that did happen to him, and it shouldn't have been as hurtful as it was. He'd been told. He'd been told that that's what was going to happen. But they also thought that he actually had died. I mean, they didn't know that he wasn't. Until he started doing bad stuff. And they were like, wait, he looks familiar. Yeah, well, it's just interesting to me to see um, how that played out for him and how that kind of, with that mindset, it's you don't really have a sense of worth. You're more of like a pawn in an ultimate chess game. Right. And, you know, if you go down, it's whatever. You're just a piece to this. Right. And so it's interesting to see, like, how that does affect, mm-hmm. how, did, how this did affect this one guy and kind of made him go crazy. A bit. Well, he kind of had a—he kind of had the best kind of self-reflective lines about what his job was as one of these assassins. Because right at one point, he says something like, "You're going out and you're killing people, and why? Why are you doing that? Just because they told you that mm-hmm. this guy needs to die?" Yeah. And it's the bad guy telling the good guy. Yeah. Do you understand what you're doing? You're just. <laughs> you're a gun that a wicked government is pointing at somebody and you don't even know why. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but the the thing for the guy was 
it was pointing at the people he wanted to get rid of anyway. Uh, yeah, he was ready to do it because they were pointing in a direction he favored. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, the other bit that I had that was kind of worldviewy was, and it and it falls in the same category of stuff that what the CIA did to the hero guy, mm-hmm. and we just kind of. I think we've been trained to just kind of accept, oh, yeah, I could see that. That's probably what needed to happen. But yeah. when they, when he found the terrorists that they couldn't find, yeah, and then they bust in and, and kill all the bad guys, yeah, then they kidnapped him. Well, they, they were monitoring all of his... Yeah. Right, they, they were, were secretly him spying on him. Yeah, they, they had a camera in his house. And they kidnapped his him. laptop. Didn't they say they held him for like 30 days? Yeah, like yeah. a month. Do you know how so that's long not being arrested. That's no, he's that's, not, he's that's not charged with anything. Yeah, and he's a citizen. He is. He's a U.S. citizen. Wasn't a his supposed crime was what in Saudi Arabia or wherever? Well, he didn't do anything. At. Well, right, because they came in and killed everybody. Right. Well, he had been communicating with the terrorists. So but the government just, just takes them and kidnaps them. Yeah. And then basically makes it so he can't do anything else but do what they want him to do. Well, then what is his family and all this? You know, see, there's just a lot of stuff with... Well, he right. said that his parents had both Yeah, his died. parents died, died when he was 14 in a car crash. He has no family. So that's what makes And they were overseas, weren't they? Weren't they in Tunisia or something? Yeah, they were overseas. So I think there's something... Yeah, we'll probably find out more something about Something sneaky there as well. He was always tested. Yeah, you gotta keep in mind this is a series, so even if we didn't see everything, stuff was probably in the novels that had more background on him. I'm well, sure there's enough that him. makes me think that maybe the the big swerve coming is he's gonna do a Jason Bourne kind of thing and oh. and have to because some of the bad guys are in the government. Ooh, and then he'll have to really yeah. be an American assassin, assassinating <laughs> American people. That would be interesting. Double player. Well, already right now we see that he's really bad at following. Oh yeah, he orders. sucks at directions and stuff. Yeah, I think they give him like five big ones, and he follows maybe four. <laughs> no, are you kidding? No, he follows maybe one. <laughs> maybe one. That's not, what I meant to say. Not really. Goes the other way on four. <laughs> <laughs> At least four, maybe five. But they were just suggestions, really, right? Just like the pirates' code. <laughs> All right. Anything else on this? I imagine. What I'm hearing is most of you are not interested in seeing this one again, but when the next one in the series comes out, you might watch that. I might watch this one again. Really? Yeah. I don't think I will. (laughs) (laughs) I've already seen it multiple times. Like, I'll watch it again. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) But is it for the movie? Or is it for something else? It's for all of it. All the actors. All the, <laughs> for all the it's for Michael scenes. Keaton, right? It's for Keaton. She's a big Michael Keaton fan. I'm a fan. crazy Keaton fan. <laughs> crazy Keaton You even have a shirt, don't you, that says Keaton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> I'm just Keaton, yeah? <laughs> just Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> the other way around. Uh, but he's never heard that before. Just <laughs> It's possible. That All was right. weird. <laughs> Sorry, Michael Keaton. 
We love you. <laughs> we think you're a really talented man. You're a scary old guy. You're a crazy you're a one. I love I loved Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> Did you even see it? Yeah. Okay. I was going to recommend multiplicity. Do you remember that? No. Where Michael crazy. Keaton. I remember the word multiplicity. I remember Wasn't that he one. Uh, big in Mr. Mom? Yeah, I don't think he so. He's had a lot of good he's, he's been in a lot of things. Well, he's. He's a talented guy. He's been around. He's a talented man. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Reagan watches this movie for him. <laughs> All right, y'all. Let's close up the old shop thing. <laughs> the old shop thing. What <laughs> about said the, the new old shop? mailbag? Close <laughs> the up the mailbag. Mail oh, not the mailbag. All right. God bless y'all. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk again later. Deuces. See you later. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks. <laughs>